You're listening to Wisdom of the Ages, the show that taps into the many expressions of universal, ancestral, and personal wisdom to ignite evolutionary consciousness. Welcome and blessings. This is Anne Kate Sullivan, host of Wisdom of the Ages, where we invite the sacred into modern day reality. And the sacred can take many forms, including glass. So in my mind, writers and artists, when they are tuned, can align directly with the divine. I think of this as a kind of co-creation. So my guest today is Laura Ann Cohn, who has been creating some very special and unique pieces of art. She calls it gospel glass, and she has created a Christian ministry around it. So she shares her awakening with her artwork. So we're going to find out more about that. She has shown me a few pieces and they're beautiful birds. What I've seen are beautiful birds that have that are shattered glass that have been put back together in a new way, rather like us when we find our spiritual path. <laughs> so let me tell you a little bit about Laura Ann Cohn. She's a fine artist living in central Texas. She is also a Jewish believer in Jesus Christ, which is an interesting paradox. We'll find out more about that. So with Gospel Glass, Laura hopes to inspire people to seek a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if you want to visit Laura's artwork, visit her Instagram account, which is Gospel Glass. So you can you can find um, you can find her artwork there and also some inspiring Christian quotations. So looking at her birds, I'm reminded of my children's book I wrote called Iala Mother Swan about a special bird that took a boy flying into the stars to heal his soul. It's this interesting parallel um, connection there that sometimes when we feel shattered that we need to reach up towards spirit, towards the divine, towards the celestial realms. And uh, I also have a deep love of birds because they can help us rise up above it all. And we can all use some celestial love. So I'm going to take a quick ad break, and then I'll invite Laura on for a chat about gospel glass inspiration and what turned her on to Jesus Christ. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens? Then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Welcome and blessings. This is your host, Anne Kate Sullivan. Now, Wisdom of the Ages, let me just tell you a little bit about it. It's a show that explores all faiths. It's been important for me that all people throughout the world can share what's going on in their hearts and souls and what has helped heal them. So this is a show that delves deeply into the realm of spirituality. And I believe we all have our own special and unique way of connecting with the divine. I've recorded hundreds of podcasts over the past uh, few years. And so if this uplifts your soul, I invite you to go and listen to more monologues and interviews on superpowerexperts.com slash wisdom of the ages. And I also co-host a show with Mirabai Devi called Messages of Infinite Light. So check it out. So today I'm speaking with Laura Ann Cohn about gospel glass and the inspiration behind her art. So welcome, Laura. 
Welcome to me. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you, Anne. It's really fun. And I was so happy to, to, to look at your artwork. I, well, I was showing you my mom's artwork too. So I, you know, we have this with this deep love of art, obviously. So, yes. So when did you become an artist? What's your journey? I think I was an artist. I was born an artist. Actually, I remember when I was a little kid, I used to draw and hum. And those were my two favorite things to do. And, you know, growing up, I, when I was little, I was very uh, entrepreneurial in some ways. I would, you know, I used to color eggs and sell them to classmates or I would draw little characters and things. And, and my art kind of, you know, came in and out of my life at different times. That's really, that's really beautiful. But why birds? Like, why did you focus on birds? So that was an interesting story. I was in my twenties and I was doing art and I've always been kind of an abstract artist. Uh, I couldn't paint a landscape to save my life. That would be realistic or anything. And I had a vision of this white swan that was illuminated and it was the most beautiful bird. And I just saw this vision of this bird and it was flexing its wings and it was just so amazing. And I loved it. And after I had that vision, I wanted to draw this bird. And so I tried to draw it. I couldn't draw that bird because, again, I don't draw things realistically that I see. But all these other birds started coming in. And so I drew a number of birds. And then my artwork got put down for, gosh, about a decade or so, about two decades. And then I came back and I started drawing birds again in 2010. And I was drawing trees and ornaments and different kinds of things. I did greeting cards. And then my artwork got put down again because I had to work for a living. And then during COVID, I was quarantined like everybody else. And I had a dream that I was drawing a bird for somebody. And I hadn't drawn in 10 years. So I pulled out 10-year-old markers and I pulled out some paper and I started drawing birds again. Well, that's really That's really interesting. I love connecting with birds. I really do. Whether I see them in trees, whether I look at the constellation Cygnus, whether I'm looking at the my painting that my mom did of me flying to heaven. Um, but there's something about birds that, you know, and I guess it's connected in some way to the Holy Spirit, right? Just this idea of upliftment and... Uh-huh. Yeah. The thing that's cool about birds for me is that, you know, they just... They have a freedom about them that's really, really special. And their personalities are amazing. You know, when a bird comes in to be drawn or, you know, or created, it's like I really feel that presence of that bird coming through. And and it's it's just amazing. I never know what they're gonna really look like until they're all complete. But they're they're a lot of fun and I really enjoy their personalities. I really like that process. When I so I, I grew up in my mom's art studio and she was always doing all kinds of different things all you know birds and landscapes and she could see colors like I would look at her canvas and I'd be like how did you see that purple in that mountain over there you know or that yellow that's in the sky or and and it's it's like it seemed to me that when she was really giving time her name is Gwen Cates if anybody wants to check wants to check her out she's an international artist but um Anyway, I would I would be in her art studio and be looking, and because she could see this color, this color in the in the land and the sky and the trees and in her imagination, I started to look for it too. And so I've always had a deep admiration for art and how art can be it really can be a healing tool, you know, but it's more than that. It's like my mother always says that when she's paints that she's at one with God, which I which I believe. 
It's definitely being with God. And I remember in my early 20s, you know, I was supposed to be going out in the world and being somebody, you know, women's lib was telling women, you know, go conquer the world. And I would be doing my artwork. And then I was so altered. And then I started writing music, which also made me very altered. And I would come back from being in complete euphoria with the Lord. And, <laughs> and I would come back and I hadn't, I didn't have a care in the world. Everything was fine. And I just didn't understand like what was all the, what were all the problems about? (laughs) And I just could not connect to it and I couldn't chase after stuff. And, and there were times when I just, I, I think part of the reason why my art got put down at times is because I, you know, I, I needed to have that time to spend focused in the world. And I really am very disconnected from the world in a lot of ways when I'm an active artist. Interesting. Interesting. Gosh, I wonder if there's a way to be, to be, um, let's see, aligned. How do we put it? Aligned with the divine and still in the world. That would be an interesting, an interesting exploration. <laughs> well, it's in, it's being in the world and not of the world. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, it is. And, you know, that's kind of yeah. the Christian, that's kind of the Christian walk is, sure. to, you know, to be living in the kingdom of heaven here on earth as the spiritual, you know, child of God and being in the world, but not being tossed down the waves and, you know, not, world, not, not, bur- not burdened by it. Yeah. So what does that mean to you? I, I mean, I always really love that idea of being in the world, but not of it. So you're, so we're, uh, the other way I've heard it is that we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. Mm-hmm. I always like that concept too. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I think as what I've learned in my walk, um, being a Christian is that it's not being bothered. It's, it's really about serving God. And in my Jewish heritage, you know, reading the old Testament, God had a covenant with the Jewish people and the way he designed the world was really so that we could be in gratitude and appreciation so that our minds would be focused on love and joy and gratitude and serving, serving one another, serving him. And when I live that way, and when my mind is strictly focused on the good and, and, you know, and there's some scriptures pray without ceasing, but when I'm really focused on the Lord and, and on heaven a lot, I don't mind things. There isn't anything that comes into my life that becomes a problem for me or that I get upset over. You know, I may see something that's sad, but I always feel like, well, God has a way of bringing people to him through difficulty and there's healing. And so I don't mind things. And I know, um, I think there's a Buddhist practice that has to do with that where you don't get bothered. And one thing that God brought me one time is interesting. I was, was learning about superposition. And with that's something in quantum physics where nothing is positive or negative until it's observed to be that. And then it becomes that for the person. Well, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, they only knew God. And it was when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that sin came into the world and suddenly there was death. And they had a spiritual death at that moment. But what was interesting is I thought, wait a minute, if they didn't have knowledge of evil, then they lived in a state where it was superposition, where there wasn't good or bad. It was just God. It was just good. And I thought, well, if I can live there. I'm going to be happy as a clam. You know, I'm, I'm going to be smitten. Nothing's going to be a problem because I'm not going to engage in evil. And so I find that 
it's a real discipline of the mind. And my mom was telling me about, a, I forget who she said it was, but someone had done a study on positive thinking, like making sure that the only thoughts that someone had were really, really positive and they were physically becoming healed from diseases and it was actually transforming them and their life experience because the more they focused on the good, the more good they brought into their lives. Mm-hmm. A lot of people apparently healed themselves from all kinds of illnesses by laughing, by mm-hmm. by thinking positive and, and so forth. So I, I, I think about it sometimes. It seems to me when I touch the Christ light that it's, that there's a, a very loving unity consciousness. So maybe what, what we were experiencing before the fall. Do you think that there was a, a reason for the fall? You know, I'm not that smart, but I guess if I were to look at it from my perspective, I think it was an innocence. You know, when Satan came in, he, the way he deceived them was he made them doubt God. Did God really say that? No, that's not what God meant. God, this is what he meant. And and it's the same tactic that goes on, you know, the, the, the battle that we have is a, a battle in our minds. It's a spiritual battle in our minds. And it's how people are thinking that gives them their experiences. And I didn't really understand that very well. And I was raised in a very competitive home. Um, I was in a Jewish, secular, democratic, liberal environment growing up. And now I'm this conservative Christian. <laughs> very different kind of person, but also very neutral. You know, it's, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm here to really honor God. But the other thing too, is I want to pray for people and I, and I want to encourage them and let them know God really loves them. And some of the worst things that would be defined as the worst things that ever happened to me turned out to be the most amazing blessings. And some of the hardest things I ever had to endure taught me things that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And most of the time, because I had those experiences, I was able to really help somebody who needed somebody who had an understanding of it, because this is a very hard world. You know, we're not living in a good place. So, I think there was a lot of innocence. You know, they didn't know anything but good. And then when they were presented with an idea of doubt, and then given an opportunity to, you know, do something that seemed like well, okay, that yeah, maybe that is a good idea because they were led to doubt something that they had believed or thought they should do. It was easy for them to take that step. You know, it's so subtle. And I think, you know, when I read the Bible and, and look at what God did, he had this, he knew this was all going to happen and he had a plan for it. And it's so odd. You know, I, I actually, um, I just started writing music again and I wrote a song and it's like such a beautiful plan that he had and something I could never imagine. I mean, it's just so odd to me, like some of the things that he turned into blessings and how intricate all the details are. It's like his ways are not our ways. And he just, he's amazing, you know, and what he does is like, wow. Mm-hmm. Like the greatest healer. Mm-hmm. You know, the music of Hildegard de Bingen? No. She, you might check her out. She's this, I love her music. She was a, I think 11th century or 12th century, I think 11th century saint, a German saint. 
And she was connected. She went into the nunnery when she was very young because she was a very powerful visionary. She had visions of God and they didn't know what to do with her. So they put her in. <laughs> she eventually established her own nunnery after a, a struggle with the Pope, but you know, which was pretty neat for that time. But she she writes um this music called Music of the Spheres. I mean, they're different, oh, of it, but it's her her listening to the music of God, to the music of the spheres. And it's, I've always found it very uplifting and healing and soulful. And I'm going to check that out. Thank uh, you. Yeah. You might like, you might like her. So, okay. So, so you were raised Jewish and you had this um, conversion experience, this awakening. Um, So how did uh, believing in Jesus change your relationship with God? Well, that was interesting because when I gave my life to Christ, I didn't really have an understanding. I'll say that again. Sorry. Okay, that's no, fine. So when I when I gave my life to Christ, I had gone to church with some friends on Easter Sunday, and I didn't really think much of it. And then I felt God there, and the pastor was doing an altar call, and I thought, you know, I have tried everything in my life, but Jesus, I might as well give him a shot. I'm not doing all that well anyway. Why not? And so I'm like, all right, Jesus, you know, I go up there. I say the prayer, you know, give my life to Christ. I get filled with the Holy Spirit. And I didn't really think anything was going to happen. You know, my friends are like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I'll try Jesus. If that doesn't work, I guess I can try Buddha next. I mean, I didn't know. And I thought, all right. And over time, like over the next little bit, you know, I just, I had this piece inside me that was really cool. But what was really interesting is that at what point, it wasn't too long afterward, Jesus showed me that he was the God that I was always praying to. And I was blown away because I was like, all of that time that I was praying to him, I would use his name in vain. I I wasn't taught that Jesus was anyone. And so, you know, people would, I would probably be mocking him, you know, and at the same time I would do that. And then I would turn around and I would be praying my heart and soul to this God that I loved. And I didn't know it was him. And I was like, all that time you didn't tell me. I was like, wow. And I listened to a sermon that was really interesting. You know, in the old Testament, there were times when God came down he was with Abraham face to face. He was with Moses face to face. That was Jesus. That was Jesus coming in physical form. You know, when he came to earth for his life, death, and resurrection, he was born of a virgin and he came in that way and was raised. He had to live the perfect life for us to be the sacrifice for us. But, you know, I guess the thing that was so interesting to me is that it it gave me a whole new understanding of my heritage as a Jew. And it gave me a closer relationship with God because I felt like I knew him more and I could relate to him differently. It's kind of interesting. I, I was raised in a Christian household, but uh, I was invited to go to temple with a, by a rabbi. And I spent, um, I guess, about 18 months reading the Old Testament with this rabbi. And um, he even let me hold the Torah, which I thought was kind of cool. Nice. Uh, and I got to do mikvahs and, and um, really, and I felt what I felt during that time was that I was understanding my Christian roots and it gave um, the Christian teachings more meaning and value. So it's kind of interesting that you, I like, I swapped one way and you swapped the other, but yeah. I, 
that all the, you know, that we, and, you know, going, when I went to India, I want to spend time in India. It's, it's, you know, it's, they have a different way of seeing God too. And I think when we can be really tolerant and listen and be open and have per, our personal experience, it's, it's very powerful. I mean, however people open, I think is really pretty fantastic, you know? Well, God, you know, it's really true. God has his relationship with people. He created us. And whatever his purpose is, whatever his plan is for somebody, I don't have the ability to understand a lot of what he did in my life, let alone somebody else's. And I'm really here to be a loving light. I'm here to tell people God loves you. He created you. And the gift that he gave us through Christ is amazing. You know, that Jesus died for us and took the penalty for everything we've ever done wrong for every single person. And the only thing we need to do to receive that is to believe in him. And that's amazing. You know, people who aren't going to be saved are not going to be saved because they don't believe in him, not because of their sin. And that's what God provided for us. And it's just everything that I thought was true that the world told me was true. You know, it's like everything just kind of got clear and sorted out. You know, the Bible is amazing. I remember before I knew much about the Bible or anything, I was like, why doesn't God give us a, a manual of how to live? And it's like, oh, he did. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't Moses come down? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, he did. You know, yeah, it, it was pretty funny. But, you know, he loves everybody. Mm-hmm. And because he loves everybody, I want to love everybody. And he isn't wanting anybody to be hurt. You know, he designed things to to operate in a certain way. And there's so many teachings that have been taken from the Bible about how to live. Like I, I did a year coaching program with Bob Proctor mm-hmm. and a lot of it, you know, how to change your paradigm and, and how you think. And he does a lot with um, the spiritual laws and a lot of the references and books and things that he referred to, he just passed away uh, recently. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it was very biblical. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was interesting to me is that while a lot of it was biblical, it really didn't direct people to Jesus. And so Jesus was left out of it, but he's the whole point of it. You know, to me, the, the love that I have in my life is God. God gave me all the love that I have. You know, when somebody needs love, he gets a person to embody that love, to share that with him. You know, he uses us to help one another. And it's just amazing how he does that. And so when I meet somebody who maybe seems like they're not having a relationship with God, I really just want to pray for them. And if they seem like they're not living according to what God would say was the way to live, I just want God to help them with whatever God's purpose is for them. You know, I'm not here to judge anybody. I can't, I'm not qualified to judge. I I really... That's yeah. not that's not what I can do, you know. I'm the, the best thing I can do is tell somebody what God promises in his Bible. And and to know that he's faithful and that they can rely on him. I mean, he's I'll give you an example. I, I love talking about what God does. So we had this massive hailstorm back in April, and I could see that hail was coming down and I was like, "Okay, God, take care of my house." But the main thing I wanted, I said, "Please don't let hail hurt my car. Just please take care of my car. Well, I had golf ball size hail at my house. 
And there's damage on the roof. There was, you know, window frames that got hit. No, no glass got broken. My gutters got hit. My air conditioning thing got pummeled. There was not one ding on my car. And I looked out the window and I saw these big hail balls that were just like being thrown across, like they were being diverted around my car. And it was just so cool that, you know, we had this big hail storm and my car was just pristine. Nothing happened to it. I was like, thank you. <laughs> the power of prayer. Uh, yeah, a very powerful thing. And apparently, there's a new book that's out called "The Power of Eight. When people, you know, they say when you know maybe it's, was it more when two Ten. are gathered in my name, but there's something yeah. about eight too. I think it's a power number. It can it, some things can happen. So I, I think it's good for us to get together and pray and and hope for some good things for this earth and this planet. So, well, you know, um, I think we need a revival right now. I'm ready for the Renaissance. Personally, I'm really ready for this, for something to happen here. I think we, we need it. Is now, is there a special message that you would like to, to leave with the listeners today? Something that you feel in your heart or some message from the Christ that would like to come through for everyone listening? I think the most important thing is really just know that God loves you and he didn't make a mistake when he created you and anything that's negative in thought, anything that makes someone feel bad, usually it's a lie from Satan. And if someone earnestly really wants to know the truth of God, to just ask him, you know, seek him out because he truly, truly loves you. He created you for a beautiful purpose and you're special and you're valuable and you're important. And there isn't one thing that you have ever had to experience that will be wasted by him. So really just seek God because he's the one who loves you and he'll take care of you. It sounds like you've developed a beautiful personal relationship with the Christ. That's, that's wonderful. Really. Yeah. Thank He's you. my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> good, good in this time we're in right now. So, well, yeah. very good. Well, very good. So, okay. So tell people where they can, oh, you know, we didn't talk about the fact that you're working with fused glass. Can you, you know, where you got that concept for the gospel glass and why fused glass? Let's, let's, um, let's uh, mention that. Okay, so I was doing greeting cards and there was an envelope shortage after Christmas. And so I went into a studio to try something new. So I, I put together a bird and I, I had a drawing and I had a piece of clear glass and a bunch of broken pieces. And it's like, okay, just start gluing them down and put together a bird. And then it got fired. And after I did that, I, I was praying and God really showed me that the meaning of the birds is that it's kind of a metaphor for our lives. You know, we come into this broken world and we're dealing with broken pieces and we don't understand it. And it's hard to keep a bunch of broken pieces together. Even if we think we're gluing them down, you know, it's still can, you know, we can still feel damaged and broken. And when we give our life to Christ, we become a new creation. And after these pieces are fused, you know, the, the birds just become one piece. And then when their light comes behind it, the light of the Holy spirit, we become beautiful. And, Everything fits the way it's supposed to. And it's really interesting to be in the studio with these big trays of glass, you know, and these little pieces. And it's God really shows me where the pieces are and putting them together in the different colors. And, you know, so it's really to know that none of the pieces are a waste, you know, even the hardest things, some of the bigger pieces that are like the heaviest and the hardest make that's the most beautiful that we're going to become. Mm -hmm. it, sometimes it's just a process and we just have to stick with it. 
We're all works in progress. I think it's true. It's it's a good reminder too. You know, I, I like that message that we're all, you know, we we're all some. It's like the whole. I, I my thing is the Holy Grail. So you know, we're we're finding the pieces of the Holy Grail and putting them back together again. And in a way, when we find those pearls and when we find the gemstones that are the, our true nature, that they can come together in the most lovely way. And of course, some of the grails are the cup of Christ that you can sip. Right, it can happen that way. Um. So that's beautiful. And people can see them on Instagram. Do you want to yeah. say? It's a uh, gospel glass. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. I have one, one last question for you. So when, when have you ever had someone call up and go, gosh, I feel like I'm broken into a thousand pieces. Will you make a special bird for me? Or will you make a special mandala or something for me? Um, have you ever had anyone do that? Well, I did, I did do a presentation at my lawyer's office for her and her staff because um, it's a Christian ministry, of mm-hmm. course. And so yeah. it was a testimony and did that. And she ordered nine birds. She ordered one for herself, one for her mom, and one for uh, seven of her staff members. So mm-hmm. they picked out – I had bird silhouettes and gospel messages because each bird um, is put into a wood, a wood block so it can stand up so the light is seen through it. And then there's a, a little gospel message. So they picked out the bird they wanted in the gospel message, and I made these birds and put them in their blocks and got their labels and wrapped them up in white cloth and twine and brought them on over. So. It was a lot of fun doing that. I think it's good. It seems to me that it it's um it's something wonderful to have in your space, like just to remind yourself with the world. I mean, the world's challenging right now. Just to look at it and go, you know, as crazy as all this look, you know, this looks crazy, but there's some kind of divine plan going on. And I think artwork like this helps us remember that that this the stars are still singing, that God is still there, that it's all going to work out okay in the end. And, um, and so, yeah. So if people wanted to get in touch with you to get a bird or to have one made for them, what would you, or I don't know, do you only do birds or do you do other, do you do chalices or do you do other, other things? For gospel glass, it's just birds right now. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. doing birds. I guess if someone wanted a chalice, I could figure it out, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, just, I'm just making stuff here. Yeah. Sometimes we get inspired. It's like, no, today it has to be a butterfly. You know, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I actually did do a butterfly for my friend. Um, her son had been killed on a motorcycle crash and I designed a card for her. He had taken a photograph of a butterfly. And so I did a drawing of that photograph uh, and made a special card for her with a message um, to commemorate the past, the anniversary of his passing. Mm-hmm. And that was really meaningful. Uh, if people want to email me, um, they can go to lacbirds, the number one at gmail.com, or they can just go to the Instagram page and message me there. Okay. That's beautiful. And I would, yeah. I would think that if you've had a, a loss in your life, or, you know, the loss of a loved one or whatever, right. Losses can come many ways. So divorces and bankruptcies and all kinds of things that, that again, this is a a beautiful way of reminding ourselves that we're all works in progress, that we're all meaningful. We're all valuable. We all matter and um, to love each other and be compassionate. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. It was so much fun talking with you and I love your mom's work and your work. It's beautiful. 
Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Well, good luck with all of it. And thank you to everyone who's joined in as well. May your lives be filled with love, light, and healing. Remember, we're all works in progress. That's just a great message for today. So you've been listening to Anne Kate Sullivan. And if you want to view my interfaith spiritual books or find out more about Infinite Light Publishing, please visit AnnKateSullivan.com or InfiniteLightPublishing.com. So until we meet again, may wisdom reveal its secrets to you one message at a time. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 